0: ready? Let's do it. Welcome to the Uncut Podcast. I'm Pastor Luke. I am Pastor Cameron. And this is the Uncut Podcast, where we have honest, uncut conversations about faith, life, and ministry. Cameron, I was just looking at our, like, the show numbers and everything, mm-hmm. and we are at 96 subscribers Whoa. on YouTube. So we're just, just four short of 100, <laughs> <Wow>. um, <laughs> so um, that's av- of the time of this recording, um, so yeah, we've been at this for, uh, this will be episode 47, mm. and we started this podcast and in late January, I mm, think, mm. or early February, mm-hmm. it's kind of confusing to me because I know we started recording earlier than we started releasing the episodes. But
1: yeah, there's been we've had some bonus episodes, so it's not necessarily been one per week.
0: Yes, that's true. Yeah. So we're probably somewhere around like, if we include the bonus episodes, I can think of two, so that probably puts us at like forty nine.
1: Yeah, well. I mean, our episode numbers are episode numbers, but like if we stretch those out, be like almost a year's worth of episodes, essentially. Yeah, just about. Yeah.
0: So we're coming up. This will be our last episode for the year
1: for twenty twenty three. Yeah.
0: So we thought we would kind of take um, some time and just kind of reflect on what the podcast has been. For us, things that we've maybe learned in the year in general, um, Mm -hmm. but also just kind of, um, yeah, do a bit of a year-in-review kind of episode. Mm -hmm. So, um, Mm -hmm. yeah. We've, like, I was looking at the numbers, and we've had somewhere around the vicinity of, uh, like, 10,000 downloads and listens. Across Across all all across all the platforms, so that's YouTube and um, all the audio platforms and everything as well. So that's you know that's.
1: Do you know where we're? What platform experiences the most traffic? With the
0: um, you know, I think YouTube definitely sees the biggest spikes. Mm. So, like, if a episode does really well, I think we see uh, more people pick that up there. You know, Mm -hmm. I think our um, some of our most popular episodes, I think one of them has like 1,200 views on it, something okay. like that. So like one of our episodes that we did a couple, maybe a month ago now, month two months ago, uh, on Andy Stanley. I think mm-hmm. like the first episode that we did on that in um, his um, church conference about homosexuality. That's probably been our biggest episode. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So, but we see a lot of consistency in our. Um, actually, we see a fair amount of consistency in both YouTube and our audio podcast. We see around, I would say, like we can, you know, average between the two of them. We're consistently about a hundred people we know listen to it on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. You know, so maybe like forty-five on like an audio download maybe another 50 on youtube so Mm -hmm. that's kind of like uh when we put out an episode we know we're gonna at least see that many people so Mm -hmm. that's kind of what the numbers behind the scenes look like a
1: little bit Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. great
0: yeah Mm -hmm. So if any of you find that interesting or curious about that, yeah,
1: but, they probably don't, but
0: yeah, but that's just us just kind of, you know, and figuring out what those numbers mean is always a, a difficult thing, but that's what they are. And yeah, you know, so it just lets us know, you know, who's listening and um, you know,
1: well, yeah, I think, I think that one of the reasons that we started this mm-hmm. was not even necessarily for the listener as much as, well, it was, but um, but it was also for to just give us a place or an opportunity mm-hmm. to talk about some of the things that we um, didn't really have another environment or opportunity to talk about and thought that, okay, well, maybe someone may, Value may find value in or benefit from the conversations that we were having. Yeah, whether that's true or not remains to be seen. Yeah, Uh, I think at least some some people would say that they find value in hearing.
0: Mm -hmm. I know people who tune in almost every week Mm -hmm. and you know make it part of their listening routine and you know uh, appreciate them and hope that that's been a a beneficial addition to their Mm -hmm. to their to their ingest of things over the yeah. over the year
1: well what what are some of the things that as you look back on the last year um, some of the things that are notable to you or maybe that you learned significantly or that like looking on back on essentially the, the last year of recording podcast episodes that you would mm-hmm. say like okay yeah this these things stick out to me like out of things we talked about either the things we talked about are just like things you learned about podcasting in general yeah. or having these types of conversations or like mm-hmm. um, engaging particularly on YouTube, engaging with the comment section, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah.
0: yeah. I think I, one of the things I learned is, you know, it's kind of surprising where the, cause like the entry point to podcasting isn't terribly difficult, Mm-mm. right? Like you can, Go get a microphone at a you know reasonable price at Walmart mm-hmm. and start a podcast. But the uh, and there's a lot of tools that help us you know get the podcast out each week and edited and all of that um, mm-hmm. without taking up too much time out of our schedules. Um, but really, like some of the biggest work for us has been at times finding that um, that right balance between you know. Um, a subject that is relevant to listeners, but also uh, one that we kind of scratches that itch that we want to talk about.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and kind of also the amount of like uh, time that it's taken and it still is taking for us to even figure out what the show is. Yep. Like what is it for us? What is it for those that listen? What are the types of things we talk about? Mm-hmm. Um, and really like having to kind of work at, you know, we don't, we don't, you know, we sit down, occasionally we have one or two scribbled notes, but we don't have a script in front of us. Mm-hmm. And it's not an interview necessarily, it's a conversation. And so, you know, turning on and hitting record without much of a plan um up front doesn't sound like it's too much work, but it's still a lot of kind of work for us to find what we're going to talk about yeah. and and how to navigate that. So I think that was kind of a bit of a surprise. Yeah, and how much podcasting is a bit of a consistency thing. Like it's you know can you show up, turn it on, and you know do record it. and do it, mm-hmm. um, and kind of trust even if some of the like listening and the results are, uh, maybe not visible. Right. Um, because you know, we don't, we get like a handful of comments on like our videos or things and stuff. Um, but I also think about my own like listening habits and my own like YouTube habits and all that stuff. I almost never comment on anything. that I watch or read or listen to. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean I didn't benefit from it, gain something from it, find value in it. Mm -hmm. And so there's a little bit of having to trust that there are people, um, and people we know that listen to it regularly, like know that they are listening, know that they find value in it, um, even if they're not being vocal about it in the Mm -hmm. comment section. So there's a little bit of that, like... um, And, you know, anytime you create something and put something out, there's always this, like, vulnerable feeling of what do people think about it. And, you know, when you don't receive feedback or when you receive some negative feedback, there has to be a willingness to let go of people's perception of you. Like, I don't know about you, but, like, there's definitely been comments that have come across our videos where I'm like... Oh man, I want to argue with them, or I want to like defend myself, or I, you know, something like that. Sure.
1: Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree, Um, and I think that that's probably been one of the things that I've been most surprised at, or I guess one of the things that I've just learned the most over the last year of doing this is, particularly on YouTube, where the comment where the comment sections are, Mm -hmm. is that. You, how much energy do I want to expend
0: Mm -hmm.
1: in engaging in the comment section? Yeah. Knowing that there's not always a real, the goal of the comment section is not always like a real pursuit of understanding.
0: No, not always.
1: Not always. I would say that. For the most part, our comment sections have been pretty good. Yeah. They haven't really devolved into just flat out nonsense. Sometimes. Sometimes. (laughs) But but but
0: we we do have a fair good fair amount of good faith comments. mm
1: -hmm. Yes. Even if they're difficult or disagree with us. Mm -hmm. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Um, but the the level of interaction that it takes to keep up with that kind of stuff is significant. Mm -hmm. Um the i would say that one of the things that i have kind of learned even about myself is that and i don't know if it's as i get older as i get more experienced as i just i don't i don't really know what it is is that i feel like i'm much less interested in stirring the pot yeah than i was me earlier in life and in ministry. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's just like I don't feel like I have the energy for it anymore or I don't have I'm not really interested in like defending my positions. Yeah. Or like being misunderstood or creating additional like fires. Fires. <laughs> right. That's I think that's maybe it is like there is enough there there are enough ministry fires that happen without me Mm -hmm. lighting the match (laughs) that that I don't really like I my energy to light the match is just really low yeah um because there are still some things I think that we have had as topics for a long time that I have opinions about and that I think are valuable conversations but that I know are not necessarily well I mean not always necessarily like primary theological or things, but that we have had on our topics list for a long time that we haven't talked about. Yeah, Uh, That would be things like, you know, um, uh, just as a general topic, like the, what, how Christians should engage or can think about, um like pro life pro choice mm-hmm. conversations and and that debate um uh you know a lot of the question, we've got some questions about the um you know the contemporary role of women in ministry mm-hmm. and the relevant scriptures or the cogent scriptures around those yep. and where we stand on that mm-hmm. and um so topics like that i mean we we have we have not, we we've not, um, we've not avoided the topic of homosexuality or human you know, sexuality in general. Right. Although we could, there's there, still more. There's, to talk so about more there. yeah. there's so much more there. There's so much more, and I think, like you already said, the the episode of that we did on Andy Stanley's conference, mm-hmm. um, which was pro- our, our most viewed, most commented. Mm-hmm. Um, episode I think it's still a good episode mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't know that I would go back and change anything that I said there I, you know, no. I,
0: I, um, well we were talking earlier like we were you know there's you know a fair amount of comments and some of the comments have kind of been generalized you could generalize some of the comments of just us over complicating it mm-hmm. like why if, if ultimately at the end we just disagree with Andy Stanley why you know why does it need to be a hour long discussion where we kind of try and like go back and forth. Like why, why not we just say he's wrong and kind of be done with it, you know? Yeah.
1: Well, because to, you know, to address that in particular, like it's, I think some people generally just look at the title or listen to the first five minutes and are like, well, yeah, Andy Stanley's wrong. So why are you even talking about whether or not he's right or wrong? Yeah. But that wasn't even the basis of the episode. No, the basis of the episode was not whether or not Andy Stanley's views on homosexuality were right or wrong. we stated our views, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it was whether or not necessarily it was wise of him, or mm-hmm. he should have, or, or like, what is the role of the church in engaging? parents yeah. whose kids are expressing either same-sex attraction or, um, you know, having issues with gender or sexuality or whatever. And that's yeah. what his, the conference was about. It was like, okay, you're a parent. You have a child who is expressing some um, either um, homosexual attraction or behavior or questions about their own personal sexuality. How, as a Christian parent, now do you engage with your child in a way that maintains relationship with them Mm -hmm. but does not compromise the belief. Biblical conviction. Yeah, Yeah. biblical conviction or your own personal convictions. Like, And so I see it as really two separate issues Mm -hmm. um, because I you know the the first person you know one one of my primary pastoral roles is to pastor my kids right to mm-hmm. pastor my kids you know and so yeah i could if one of them expressed either same sex attraction or issues with their sexual identity or anything like that um you know it would be really i guess you could say easy for me to say you're wrong yeah You know, you can't think that way, you can't feel that way, you can't believe that way, you know, and if you believe that way, you're not a part of this family or, you know, and I've pastored enough people to know that that approach, while maybe right in terms of the truth, almost always results in the ending of relationship. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: It almost always results in the person walking away.
0: Saying, whoa, you can't accept me, then bye.
1: Either you can't accept me, or this is not a safe relationship for us to disagree in. Yeah. I don't feel safe to even disagree, so how could I ever be have vulnerable relationship, honest relationship with you if I feel like any time dis- we disagree, you're just going to cut me off? Yeah. And so we need to learn how to have conversation and be in relationship with people that we don't agree with mm-hmm. without just being, just saying like, I don't agree with you, therefore get out of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that that's always a wise or pastoral approach. And while I'm not willing to compromise on, my convictions and what I believe the convictions of scripture are, mm-hmm. I am willing to compromise on my approach to people so mm-hmm. that, re- so that I can maintain relationship with them and pastor them through, hopefully some of those really difficult things. Yeah. That is my calling.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. you know, And I think one of the things too, about the format of our discussions on here is that, like we said, like, we don't have a script. So a lot of times we're just thinking on our feet or we're like processing through a topic or an idea as it comes up. Mm -hmm. We don't have the option of, or the luxury of kind of creating and crafting our, you know, our particular thoughts ahead of time Mm -hmm. and then kind of editing them down. And so sometimes I think that's, that's always been a little bit of my fear is that uh, people would see the, thought process, the journey of where we're kind of coming through and all the different things that we're thinking about and you know, maybe I think this, maybe I don't think this, and you know, and and kind of judge the process and kind mm-hmm. of be a little bit critical of that. That's where I've kind of felt like that episode's taken a little bit of some criticism. I was like, well, it's also just us thinking through it. Right. Like you're you you know, like, I don't know, there's 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 wisdom in you know, you know, if we just take the topic just and then immediately jump to the conclusion and say there, like that might make a lot of people really happy, but at the same time, it's not intellectually honest. Mm-mm. It's not. I mean, it's not just. It's not honest. Period. Because we all have to kind of think through and process things. So, yeah, you felt like um, to kind of go back to what you were saying, like not necessarily afraid to stir the pot but like sometimes maybe just a little reluctant to or um
1: yeah I just you know like it um you know it takes a it takes a lot of energy to be constantly defending your positions mm-hmm. and like you said we're we're letting people in like look into sometimes 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 a process of our Mm -hmm. discussion about what do i believe on this or how has my belief changed over time um and and it's it's a much more a lot of things are much more nuanced in conversation than uh we would like that people would like them the whole conversation on deconstruction which we've had really several times over the course of the last year, Mm -hmm. scattered throughout lots of our episodes, has really been a conversation that we've been having with one another, but also with our listeners Mm -hmm. about why people deconstruct, what are some of the reasons, theologically, sociologically, relationally, Mm -hmm. that they, that cause, or like push them into a deconstruction mindset what should we do as the church? What should we do as pastors? Mm-hmm. What about some of those specific things, you know, like in particular are, um, do we agree with? There's some things that we have said, yeah, I agree, like, mm-hmm. you know, with. And,
0: and yeah, I think and, we did like a things people deconstructed about the Bible and a significant amount of those things that they deconst, the, like the things that they came to their change conclusions. their beliefs. We were like, yeah, actually, that's what we believe. Like, we right. believe that that's a correct understanding of the Bible or that passage.
1: Right. And so, um, and um, and there's also there's also a little bit of, and this is something that I've learned over the years in ministry and just in life in general is that, um, I know I've said this to you several times, that it's all of our staff I've said, you know, is that you, um, you you're not going to convince someone of a different opinion who's committed to misunderstanding you. Yeah. Like if someone is committed to misunderstanding any of your words, like is only, only worried about making sure that they come out in the right and like, they're not really willing to have an honest conversation with it. Then it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter what you say. Yeah. They're committed to their position of misunderstanding you and so you know it's like talking literally talking to a brick wall (laughs) um and i don't have energy for that anymore i don't have time for that anymore I, i really just don't yeah um and so like i know you know that there are people who are waiting to just bait me into conversation even now um and i man like i know it's kind of a kind of a catchphrase but i'm i I gotta protect my peace in some regards like i i gotta limit access to my um, limit people's access to my emotional energy Mm -hmm. um because i have only have it in limited supply yeah um but um you know i do value these conversations and um you know, could probably use my own rationale there to push me into being willing to have some of those you know more difficult conversations you know mm-hmm. women in ministry and pro-life pro-choice because like you might as well just say what is what you're feeling because mm-hmm. you're not going to convince people who are who are committed to misunderstanding anyway right, right? so yeah. at least have the conversation mm-hmm.
0: yeah and all this is not to say that our our podcast has by any mean been a hotbed of no. <laughs> like think whatever scale you're thinking at probably think smaller um yeah for sure you know um, you know but it is always just that um oh there was um this is, this was funny um so you know like insecurity is something that like you know um It's it's something like it's something I've had to deal with, and I and and my wager is that anybody in ministry has to deal with to some Mm -hmm. degree. And you know, I was I was giving a sermon here, um, uh, some sometime over the last two years I've been here. I was giving a sermon, and I think I was saying something that was, it wasn't controversial. It was something that like. Like, I was pretty firmly, like, firmly believed. I knew that you would be in agreement with, but I was maybe saying it in a way where I was talking about about it or approaching the passage in a way that was, like, might ruffle some people's feathers if they were in, like, a really conservative space or they'd maybe always understood the passage one way, and I was kind of coming at it from a different way, saying, that's maybe not what the passage means. Um and uh, a couple like got up and left in the middle of the sermon mm-hmm. and I didn't really know them at that time and I was just like what did I say like what did I what did I say that like that like you know that like made them so angry they had to get up and leave in the middle now mm-hmm. um, that was Gordian and Jean turns out she
1: just wasn't feeling
0: well. <laughs> she wasn't <laughs> feeling well um, I was like you know yeah. overly way overly um, paranoid and sensitive about that at that you know and but that's just a you know like a a distraction that happens in the moment that you've got to kind of let go of a yeah. little bit. Um, but all to say, I don't know why I brought all of that up, but maybe just to say that, like, you know, that is... I think that is a, a fair, like, you know, obstacle that we have to overcome in in ministry in order to talk about these things and in a increasingly public world mm. where, like, you know... Um, we put all of our sermons. We put these podcasts um, up online, which uh, online is forever, right? Um, so they say. So yeah. they say. Uh-huh. Um, and so you know, there is a little bit of like this because it's become so easy to publish things. You know, like if you, it takes a lot of work to publish a book. Or at least it used to. Now you can, mm-hmm. you know, um, independently publish your book on Amazon like in ten minutes if you wanted to. Um, and so there's that that threshold to editing and publishing and putting something out there for everybody to see is just kind of dropped down. Mm-hmm. And the way that we function and do ministry requires that we make ourselves accessible in a like teaching format in a way that a lot of people can access it. Mm-hmm so there is, like, a little bit of, like, I'm out here and all of my thoughts and all the things I say, and, like, you know, somebody could get really mad about me, at me, or
1: something like mm-hmm. that. You know, that's mm-hmm. a I don't
0: know, little bit of human experience behind all of it, I think.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Um, shoot, there was something I was going to say, and I have completely lost it. Um, yeah, I, I would be – I would – I'm interested to know if there are people out there listening now that would have, well, like another thing that I I do kind of wish was utilized a little bit more, a little bit better in our podcast in particular would be our, our text and our question line. Mm -hmm. I would like to hear more about what people are interested in hearing or, or, um, or hearing, you know, their pastors or two pastors talk about. We're mm-hmm. not everyone's pastor that listens, because um, we do have a text line that we set up it goes to neither of our phones, so it's not it's not our number. But
0: we get a text message letting yeah. us know that you sent a message. So yeah.
1: we see it. Um, but that's seven one six two zero one zero five zero seven, and that is just helpful for us to know. Okay, like here's something that is important or means something to someone else out there like all right well let's kind of talk about it and see what we yeah. see what comes of it. So I do wish that that we could figure out some way to leverage that a little bit yeah. more but
0: I mean it's always the difficulty of like if you if someone who's listening has a question do they think at the time oh that's a question I should send in to the yeah. text line and right. you know so um and then there's always that like You know, there's a threshold of like the more people you get listening, you know, only a certain percentage of them are going to have a question or think to send something in. So, yeah, that's always because there is something that is a little bit. There's a good energy to answering questions Mm -hmm. that are you know seeking and to kind of learn about things. But you mentioned one of the topics that we probably talked about. There's a couple of topics we talked about, like, in a recurring sense, but definitely probably the biggest is deconstruction. Um, what do you feel like your journey or your learning about deconstruction has been over the course of the year, uh, both on the podcast and off the podcast? Like,
1: yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's a big question because
0: you've been doing a lot of thinking about
1: that topic. Yes, a lot, a lot. Here's been some of my experiences. Um, the the amount of topics or primary reasons that people deconstruct mm-hmm. over are a lot wider than I maybe had originally anticipated. Mm. A lot more... Um, a lot more reasons have been given. I would say I'm surprised at the amount of questions or the amount of like things that come, the amount of times that I've heard people are deconstructing deconstructing over a sense of like anti-supernaturalism, mm-hmm. as well as probably the one that I'm was most surprised at would be um belief about hell judgment and eternal punishment
0: Hmm.
1: i think that's the one that i was the most surprised about yeah is that there is a sense like of rejection of any 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 like eternal punishment Mm -hmm. the concept or nature of hell or what it is Mm -hmm. um and all of that does i think boil down doesn't boil down to but it traces a lot of those things trace their origin back into the what level of authority does scripture have mm-hmm. here's one of the things that has become one of the things that i suspected but and that you every deconstruct every every person who has deconstructed hard mm-hmm. has been like no that's not the reason
0: mm-hmm
1: But in every person that's deconstructed hard, this thing is evident,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. is that um, in the process of their deconstruction, they adopted some form of lifestyle that was more or less antithetical to Christian morality and ethics. Mm -hmm. But it has nothing to do with the fact that I've deconstructed. Right. Right. Like... Like there there was a there is a lifestyle or there are lifestyle choices mm-hmm. that I am now making that I didn't make when I was a practicing Christian. Mm-hmm. But that's not the reason that I deconstructed. I didn't right. let go of my Christian values, my Christian beliefs. Because this is the thing. Because I this wanted. is the thing I wanted to do. Right. And I wouldn't do that at all. That's just disingenuous to even think it. However, you know, you might say, well, causation doesn't equal correlation, type of thing, but it certainly is like evident in just about every situation that I've seen. Yeah. Every situation that I've encountered. So it seems hard for me to accept. That part of the reason you were willing to deconstruct is because there was a lifestyle choice or decision that you wanted to make that you knew and know is antithetical to Christian teaching, Christian belief, Christian practice. Mm -hmm. And you just chose what you wanted to do. Mm -hmm. You just chose the lifestyle. And that's… I would rather people just be honest than be like, no, Christianity is wrong for all of these reasons. And I just so happen to want to adopt, or I just so happen to fall into this lifestyle yeah. in the midst of my deconstruction, I think is just like, yeah.
0: So you kind of don't, you don't suspect. trust the self diagnosis of people's deconstruction. Necessarily. Not always. No.
1: Yeah. Um, I think sometimes it's just like, well, you know, no, I think you just wanted to live that way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think you just wanted to live that way. Right. Um, and are, do you have legitimate questions about the Christian faith? Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I think that your legitimate questions about the Christian faith and the conclusions that you come to are heavily biased and lean towards the lifestyle that you wanted to live. Mm-hmm. Yep. Granted, I think people could say that about, My beliefs too, sure. You know, like as a for instance, you know, okay, you were living in a heterosexual relationship while you were evangelical Christian, Mm -hmm. right? You have now deconstructed your evangelical Christianity and discovered that you're homosexual, Mm -hmm. um, and now believe that the scripture is in support of Mm -hmm. your lifestyle, yeah. Um shocking how you know automatically the bible says something different or means something different or Mm -hmm. is can be interpreted now differently yeah that you have skin in the game Mm -hmm. via your own lifestyle yeah um and so i i I just i feel like there's some disingenuousness disingenuity you're disin you're being a little bit disingenuous sometimes so um but um but I also think that there are some I also do think that there are some legitimate um emotional reasons that people deconstruct and I think that there are some legitimate reasons that like people are hurt in the mm-hmm. midst of the practice of their faith and with other people and There's not a concept of what forgiveness is Hmm. and also what forgiveness is not.
0: Yeah. Forgiveness is a big topic.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: It's a topic that I feel like everybody has to wrestle with at some point.
1: Yeah. And some of the bigger questions about forgiveness is like, does forgiveness equal reconciliation of relationship?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Does the relationship need to go back to what it was?
1: Correct. Or does it need to go forward at all? Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, and what is the relationship between forgiveness and judgment, and or forgiveness and justice? Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of times what we assume is that to forgive someone means they got away with it.
0: Yeah, but you can't actually forgive someone. In the in the act of forgiving, is the act of acknowledging you did something wrong. Like, I don't think, like, I don't think it's forgiveness, you know, like, I'm, I'm a Midwesterner, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, everybody, you know, uh, somebody forgets an appointment or something like that and just stands me up. I sit on a coffee date all by myself. And they're like, oh, Luke, I'm, like, so sorry. And I'm like, oh, no big deal. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Right? I didn't forgive them. I just, like, brushed it off. I said, oh, don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. But... Like forgiveness in that in that instance would actually be like, yeah, like you know, it, you know, like yeah, like it's it, you know, I forgive you. It's okay. I, we all forget things at times. Mm-hmm. You know, not going to hold it against you. Like that would actually be forgiveness. I'm acknowledging that they did they did stand me up. Mm-hmm. It did kind of inconvenience me and hurt me, like because you know I felt like unimportant to them or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, in order to give forgiveness, the person who's asking for forgiveness has to acknowledge that they did something wrong. And in the forgiving, you have to acknowledge
1: that it was also wrong or hurtful. That you were harmed, you were sinned against.
0: Right. If right. I just say, oh, it's not a big deal, or don't worry about it. like
1: If it was a big deal, and if it, you are worried about it. <laughs> I am worried about
0: it, right? Um, you know, it's, it's not hakuna matata. Um, right. mm-hmm. You know, so... Forgiveness can't exist without the acknowledgment of wrong done.
1: Yes, right. Yeah. So, like, there, forgiveness is a big topic, and it is often the it is often a issue within the deconstructing movement. Mm-hmm. Um, and <clears throat> I understand that. Yeah, I do. I understand how how. It can be misunderstood, um, how it can be uh, misused, misinterpreted. um, I'm I'm hopeful to be able to teach more on that this year. I've taught pretty significantly on it in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, But um, I think that when we're willing to embrace true biblical forgiveness we really do become free from a lot of our hurt mm-hmm. not necessarily easily yeah but it is the pathway it is the pathway to being free from our hurt mm-hmm. and it does not always require the reconciliation of relationship yeah you can forgive without desiring or wanting or pursuing relationship with that person mm-hmm. ever again right firmly believe that yeah um so um so yeah those are some of the things that you know i've learned about deconstruction or that i've you know kind of encountered in my conversation with people who are Mm -hmm. and it's been a lot it's been a lot um and maybe maybe hope to write on the topic someday. Although we can, I continue to say that we both continue to say we're going to do more writing and I never create a plan to do more writing. So I'm probably (laughs) not going to do more writing.
0: Yeah. Well, I guess like, um, I don't know. Is there anything else you want to say? Any other reflections of the year or hopes for the new year?
1: Um, I think that, um, I, th- I think I want to continue to engage the topics that are getting a lot of getting a lot of interaction mm-hmm. in the podcast. Yeah. things around maybe more social issues, more conversations around deconstruction. because mm-hmm. um, I believe they're important. Um, and then maybe begin to tackle you know, some of the conversations that maybe I've been avoiding for the next, for the last year. Yeah. Um, and uh, just to see, kind of see where they go. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about you?
0: Yeah, I think I'm, you know, I'm excited to kind of continue see, to see how this show kind of uh, morphs and grows into what it's going to become, um, you know, and, I'm excited, you know, the new year is always an opportunity to pause, to kind of refresh our focus and kind of, you know, begin again in a sense, um, even though it is just the calendar flipping over, but mm-hmm. like it is like take advantage of that opportunity. So I'm, I'm excited for, um, you know, kind of resetting some of my life rhythms and getting back into, um, some of this. I, I, you know, I think what I'd like to do is um, create out uh, maybe a bigger, maybe plan some interviews for the podcast, mm-hmm. do a little bit more long-term planning so that we could bring some more intentionality mm-hmm. that would be alleviate some of the pressure of sitting down to the microphone to say, what are we going to talk about yep. today? Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, there was a period at the beginning where we had several episodes already recorded in mm-hmm. the queue, so it wasn't there wasn't as much pressure.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah. So anything we can do to do that, um, you know. But I've, you know, I think this has been a, a beneficial mm-hmm. avenue, and I think the more we, the more the show grows into whatever it is going to be, I think, mm-hmm. you know, that's, um, I think that's where it's, you know, where it starts to shine, mm-hmm. and so. Yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of excited, and you know, I think it's been a helpful place to think out loud and you know challenge myself to say what I think and not Mm -hmm. just kind of um, because I'm I'm the type of personality that will say, well, like, wow, that's an interesting thought, and just kind of like keep my mouth shut as to what I actually think. And so, a place where you know I have to kind of come down and land on a a thought on something is, is a helpful exercise for myself personally too.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Agree. Yeah. All right. Well, we yep. hope y'all have a Merry Christmas.
0: Yeah. We won't put out an episode for probably a week or two or maybe more. So we just yeah. kind of, as the holidays happen and we travel and we maybe just give and give ourselves a bit of a, a hiatus to mm-hmm. like refresh our years and get set for the new year and everything. Mm-hmm. But we'll be back. Um, send us your topics for the yep. new year. What what things should we talk more about in 2024?
1: Yep, seven one six two zero one zero five zero seven, or you can drop in the comments in the YouTube video, or if you know us personally, don't uh, don't hesitate to let us know what you'd like to hear more. Yeah.
0: Appreciate all of you who yep. are listening. Mm-hmm.
1: Thanks. See you next year.